If you feel unmotivated, burnt out or stuck, you might be outside your comfort zone. I'm life coach Adam Kowalik on a mission to end suffering and this podcast is dedicated to sharing how you indeed can perform, grow and expand until all your goals comfortably fit inside your comfort zone, helping you change the easy way. Coming up on this week's Inside the Comfort Zone. Should you be bound to your initial commitments even when they no longer align with your current circumstances? Are you not allowed to change your mind? My concern is that when we rigorously rely on commitments for ourselves or for others, we are restricting freedom. Commitment, a heavy and burdensome word to some, and to others, something completely different. It's a word that carries a multitude of meanings and implications. In our lives, we encounter commitments in various forms. Commitments to work, to family, to friends and to ourselves. Yet, the concept of commitment is not as straightforward as it may appear. It can feel like a double-edged sword, offering a sense of stability and purpose, while also imposing pressure and limitations. Years ago, when I was over in London, England, working with my then coach and mentor, Ankush Jain, he introduced a powerful distinction between commitment and intention. What Ankush was teaching me made sense on some level, and at the same time, I was struggling with adopting the helpfulness of commitments. Let me provide some backstory here. I grew up the eldest of five, having to grow up much quicker than what is preferred due to family dramas and personal traumas, going to Sunday school, helping my grandparents with their charity work, supporting poor communities in their homeland, Poland. I was a very dutiful, good boy. I was a happy boy and I played a lot. I have amazing memories playing in the woods with my friends and and all the while I'd be a very serious child, a responsible child, wise for my age, some would say. To me, it sometimes felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders and I had a pressing feeling of duty, obligation and responsibility growing up. This followed me into my 20s when I was making a career for myself as a hard-working leader. But deep inside, I felt the weight of all the musts and shoulds, and I was longing to feel free. At the height of my career, when I was about to get groomed to become a country manager for the international multi-billion dollar company I was working for, that's when I decided to leave. I had a good look around me and I realized that this move was about to give me more of what I had. And I wasn't happy as it was. So how is more of the same going to make a difference? Two days later, I had handed in my resignation and two weeks later, I had left the company and blown up my career and identity, all the things I had worked so hard for. My decision to leave put me on the path of specialising in helping people handle change more efficiently so that they can make the leap for what they want. 
Which brings us back to my visit to London, being trained by my mentor at the time, Ankush, where he was inviting me to see the distinction between commitment and intention. The short version is this. An intention is something that you'd like to get done, while a commitment is something that you get done. Just as simple as that. The working principle is this, that a commitment leaves no room for anything but do or don't, in or out. It operates on a binary level of either or. For example, if you say that you're committing to stop swearing, then you either stop or you don't. If your intention is to stop swearing, then it leaves too much room for interpretation. What does it mean to intend to stop swearing? Does it mean that you'll try your best to stop, but might slip up occasionally? Or does it mean that you're absolutely determined to never swear again, no matter what? If you're not clear about what you mean by intend, then it's going to be difficult to stick to your goal. It's better to be specific and commit to a concrete action like I will not swear for the next 24 hours. That way, you'll have a much better chance of succeeding. And this is helpful, right? This sounds like a great recipe to succeed with the goals you set for yourself. And this was the helpfulness that my mentor was trying to teach me. And yet, I was struggling with adopting the concept mainly due to my, I believe, personal experience having grown up under the pressure of responsibilities and commitments. For many of us, commitments can sometimes feel like shackles, forcing us into a predetermined path. When we have a limiting belief about commitments, it can create an overwhelming sense of obligation. It's as if commitments are dictating our actions, pushing us to do something even when it no longer serves our best interests. And whether you have a limiting belief or not around commitments, here's where I find commitments questionable. It's important to ask yourself, who benefits from your commitments? Often, when someone asks us to commit to something, it is with their interests in mind. They may expect us to set aside our own well-being, desires and agenda for the sake of fulfilling our commitments. If you've committed, then you should follow through, right? But what if you've changed your mind? What if what you knew in the moment when making that commitment is no longer what you know to be true? What if you're simply no longer the same person that once made that commitment a long time ago? Should you be bound to your initial commitments even when they no longer align with your current circumstances? Are you not allowed to change your mind? My concern is that when we rigorously rely on commitments for ourselves or for others, we are restricting freedom. Just because we create a binary situation of right or wrong, good or bad, black or white. And if you listen to my episode about the dangers with black and white thinking, then you know where I stand in this matter. In short, choice is freedom. Enforcing a commitment can sometimes be a matter of the other person looking out for themselves and are manipulating you into complying.
Another big concern that I have when it comes to commitments, or rather the enforcement of commitments, is that I believe it's essential to consider the motivation behind the actions taken. Do you want people to act out of guilt or obligation, or do you prefer them to do what they do out of free will? If you yourself ever acted on and took action out of guilt, obligation or duty, then you know what the experience of that is. It's not always a bad thing. However, if the motivation for taking action often is from these motives, then it's seldom sustainable or even helpful for the survival of that relationship. When we tell people what to do, they only have two ways to respond. They can either rebel or comply. And I'd argue that none of them are very conducive to what it is that we want. If they rebel, they do so because the innate need for freedom that resides within all of us. And fighting or conflicts breaking out only to exercise that need for freedom, even though what the commitment is about is actually helpful. The situation becomes an exercise in might. Who'll be the winner? Or when a person complies, it looks like you got what you wanted, but what might go on below the surface is a growing resentment or even worse, thoughts of revenge. I often say that as long as there are losers, I'd argue that there are no winners. Nobody likes losing. And when someone feels like they've lost, it risks creating feelings of resentment or sacrifice as something of value has been lost for something of lesser value. And this can corrode a relationship. So you tell me, how is there a winner in that situation? The difference in motivation can have a profound impact on the quality of the commitment and the overall experience of those involved. And when you're enforcing a commitment for yourself or for someone else, then ask yourself, what do I want the motivations for doing this to be? People's reason for wanting to enforce a commitment can sometimes be about loyalty, to ensure the loyalty of someone. Loyalty, a virtue highly regarded in our society, can sometimes become a source of an undue burden. There's a fine line between being loyal and sacrificing our own happiness and well-being. What if being loyal means having to violate your own values and priorities? Should you double down on your commitment or should you consider breaking it? When is it okay for you to quote-unquote be disloyal. Here's a different take on loyalty and on commitments. What if you were first loyal to yourself and that you committed to what is true for you first? The late Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of Nonviolent Communication, believed that people who meet their needs first are better off and are better able to be of service to others because they are not coming from a place of lack or sacrifice. I've seen this many times in the work I've done myself with my clients, that when you fill your own cup first and keep filling it until it overflows, you can share the overflow freely and unconditionally. 
So when your commitment is to you, to be honest with yourself, what you like, what you dislike, what you're needing or feeling, then I believe that we can have less systems for enforcing certain behavior, needing to manipulate or control specific outcomes. Instead, we get to create agreements that we're mutually invested in and willing to honor. No enforcement necessary. Being honest with ourselves is the foundation upon which all other commitments should rest. When we are in touch with our needs and desires, we can make informed decisions about our commitments. We can recognize when we've overpromised or when our priorities have shifted. We must ask ourselves who truly benefits from our commitments and whether they are aligned with our own well-being. Motivation matters and understanding why we commit to something can profoundly impact our experience. It's also important to remember that commitments do not always have to be black or white. Life is complicated and our priorities and circumstances can change. Finally, while loyalty is a good thing, it's important to find a balance between loyalty to others and loyalty to ourselves. Ultimately, our most important commitment should be to our own well-being and authenticity. Only then can we make choices that are actually good for us and the people around us. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episodes by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.